Reaching way back into the archives. This Achille effect aired on January 6th, 2015. You're listening to the Achille effect. Achille.com. At the age of 19 in 1962, she was a... But I have the files. Um, you know, I read the stuff really? on the National Archives, and I read these other things. I said to myself, how can that be possible to bring in a world of slab of choice? I don't want to know what that was. Really the internet is yeah, okay. professional here, and not just even tourist island. It doesn't matter where the incarnation comes from, as long as it's real. It doesn't. It's hard to get real information. Because seriously, they know what you Expect your government to tell you the truth. You're going to sadly, sadly disappoint another one of these things. Dear, dear Lord, what a dirty, dirty old man. Really? Can't be serious. Is this really want things to be more hooker, you know, eruptions? Whatever. Really? Allegedly broadcast live from Pima Region 2. Within the borders of the formerly united and currently occupied states of America, we bring you the Ocean Effect. Like damn sure, no, I'm an original. We have all these situations. I'd love to know what, why it takes 50 years. You know, for that's that. For a 19-year-old girl to eventually get up to gumption to put these things out. And that is that. It is Tuesday. And that would also be January 6th, 2015 on this network, UCY.TV Radio. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Ocelli Effect, as the obnoxious bumper tells you. And I'm your host, Chuck Ocelli. So Tuesdays I uh, generally devote it to and have for quite some time uh, discussions with individuals involved in the Liberty Beacon Project. And uh, this is part of what I do, that's for sure. Uh, Let's see. We're going to try and add in the first individual, which, of course, is Roger Landry, who is the founder, main ranter, and extremely prolific uh, article writer at the Liberty Beacon, all one word, dot com, and uh, uh, somebody that I'm proud to call my friend. Roger, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. How about you, Joe? Uh, you know, you know how it is. <laughs> it's always one of those questions where, being my friend, you know, it's it's almost dangerous to ask how I'm doing. But uh, it could be worse. Could be worse. You know, well, I, I, I do it out of concern and compassion. And I appreciate that. <laughs> I really do. Uh, uh, how, but how are you, really? Well, I'm. I'm striving to come. You know. What most people don't understand is if you have a political forum or a health-related forum such as the Liberty Beacon is, we rail against anything that harms humanity in any aspect. When uh, 
when you hit the holiday season, right around the 15th of December to about the 10th and 15th of January, you run into a lull where you find a lot of people are sidetracked to doing exactly <clears throat> what the elites wish them to do. Um, prior to the 15th of December, we were talking about economic collapse. We were talking about um, <clears throat> how poor America is, uh, how, how poor Americans on average are or are getting, uh, how the middle class is disappearing, about Ebola running rampant around the world. And did you notice about the 15th of December, all of that snapped away? Well, because it was a time to consume, assume, and, of course, obey so that you could get through your holiday. That's well, really it, what happens. I mean, it goes, it goes a little deeper than that because as poor as we are, <clears throat> it is inbred into most of us who have grown up in this country, especially over the last 50 years, um, that Christmas is a time to go out and buy things for all of your friends and and build up more massive debt that you'll probably never be able to pay back. Um, so what the elites totally understand is that a terrified people do not shop. So about the 15th of December, all of this pullback away, and if you think the Ebola issue is gone, wait about a week or two. It's going to resurface um like gangbusters. But we, we, we go through about a month where they wish for us to, they wish to siphon off from us every last penny they can get. Because I don't think that um, the end of this coming, or this year we're in now, we just started, is going to be anywhere as merry, although I don't think it was all that merry, as the end of 2014 was. So this is their big chance to siphon every last bit out of our pockets they possibly can. And they're totally aware, Chuck, that a terrified people or an angry people do not go shopping. But give it a, give it a few more days and you will start to see these issues coming back and slapping you in the face every time you turn the internet on. Now, see, I guess I'm part of the angry mass because uh, I didn't participate in the holidays as they were this year. Uh, didn't go shopping, didn't do any of that stuff, simply because I couldn't afford to. Uh, uh, and then I'm, I'm not the only one. There is uh, uh, an undercurrent of individuals in this country that simply couldn't afford to participate in the consumerism, as it were, uh, because you would have had to sacrifice your own survival in order to do so. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and this is something that I don't see anybody focusing on, to be honest with you, uh, that, uh, you know, despite the upturning of economic news, as it were, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is a joke, exactly, I'm glad you're laughing, because it's a joke. I, economic recovery, you know, uh, look, I restrain myself as best I can from using harsh language on my show, you yeah, know that. There's out there in the quad, counted in the quadrillions of dollars. Can you even wrap your head around how many zeros that is? Well, no, you, you, know what, you know what the problem is there, and I'll tell you something, uh, another, another guy who does a similar kind of thing to what I do uh, uh, was explaining, if you were to take every second, okay, of the next 30 years, and pay back one dollar per second, okay? <laughs> if you were to attempt to do that, guess what? You still wouldn't be able to pay back the tremendous amount of debt for the next thirty years at a dollar a second. Okay? Well, I think it goes even well beyond that. It's not so much what our debt is, because our debt 
is a mere, and I, I, I'll qualify the mere, is a mere $18 trillion. We have individuals out there who have amassed a family wealth that exceeds $120 trillion. Did you know that the Rothschild family alone could pay back every single national debt on this planet and only spend less than 50% of their acquired wealth? They could pay back every single national debt out there. So it's not the national debt that is really hanging or looming over our heads. It is a derivatives bubble that, and, and right now Congress is being lobbied to put the American people back on the hook to bail banks out again or bail-ins. So what we're sitting here looking at is a, a derivatives bubble that's about to pop that contains quadrillions of dollars. It makes our national debt look like a penny in Fort Knox, although I don't know if I should really say that because there's some people that will tell you there's no gold in Fort Knox anymore. But what used to be there, right. it would be like a penny. Our national debt is like a penny compared to all the gold that used to be in Fort Knox when you compare it to this, this uh, quadrillions of dollars in this derivative bubble. And what we will be on the hook for and what it will do when that bubble pops will throw the entire planet into chaos. Millions, if not billions, will die. Well, right. And and here's the thing. It's all, you know, essentially an illusion because, it is. you know, th this is what the real problem is. How can you have quadrillions of dollars in debt when there isn't that much wealth on the entire planet uh, magnitudes less than that much wealth on the entire planet combined. Well, you know, when you reshuffle interest and everything else being stacked upon it, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and the imaginary things that they decided to sell people for tangible assets, yep. uh, you know, th this is what the problem is. If I, if I decide that a pretty colored rock, regardless of what the rock is actually made of, uh, is something that can be exchanged for actual goods, then you have a pretty colored rock. I have the goods. And uh, at the end of the day, I'll tell you that that rock was worth those goods, but then when you go and try and buy those very same goods with that rock, uh, you discover that you can only buy half of the goods that I bought from you with it, and we continue that cycle long enough, well, that's essentially what happened here. Uh, you know, and then this is why you have them having more than double what the actual debts are of the countries. <laughs> in of the uh, entire world's Debts. Right, of all of the debts of every country on the planet. I think uh, that's like 40, 46 or $47 trillion globally. Right, and of course you got some stragglers out there with some smaller debts that nobody bothers to count because, you know, hey, they only owe a couple of billion dollars. Uh, <laughs> wish, wish I had their Amex credit cards. But, um, you know, because they're not even really players. But if you add it all together, yeah, about 50% of, of the world's debt could be paid off by the one family, and they would only lose half of their fortune. So, Yeah, they could pay off the entire national debt. And not only that, but when you consider that they pretty much also control the eight families, the eight families are controlled by the Rothschilds. And the Rothschilds are worth over $120 trillion. The eight families combined are worth over $300 trillion. If that doesn't boggle your mind, 
$300 trillion is concentrated in the hands of eight families on this planet. Right, right. And and again, you know, if you take a look at the uh, the value of every single existing asset on the planet. It doesn't uh, equal that. It doesn't equal that. So what what is it but the inflated, imagined, and exaggerated uh, uh, bookkeeping, uh, you know, having been compiled over the past, you know, oh, you 200 years? You wouldn't be talking about fiat currencies, would you? Come oh. on, or, or central banks. Come on. They, those are some good people, aren't they? They keep our economy going. They keep our interest rates low. Come on, Chuck. We can't be bashing on them, can we? Well, you know, <laughs> what can I say? I mean, uh, after after a while, you have nowhere else to turn. <laughs> you know, well, they are the lowest common denominator. Well, th- that's what it is. Is no matter where you go, it all goes back to the banking system at the end of the day because. It- this is where the control lies. I mean, those who control the, you know, like he said, right? Uh, I care not who sits on the throne so long as uh, I control the currency. Hey, I know Goldman, Goldman Sachs right now is lobbying to have J.P. Morgan broken up into four different companies because of an antitrust lawsuit that J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs were both named in, but J.P. Morgan got caught over the last decade plus fixing the price on a lot of different exchanges via, above all things, including social media, by putting out false information. They were price fixing. So now we've got Goldman Sachs, who is probably the biggest player in this derivatives bubble and this fiat currency mess, is lobbying to have J.P. Morgan, because of antitrust, broken up into four companies, of which they'll probably end up by buying three, or two or three of them. <laughs> well, but but isn't that the way it's done? You know, of course it is. Uh, you know, they continuously consume until you know there can be only <laughs> there can be only one, Roger. Uh, oh yes, there can only be one. I I do remember the uh, the the. Highlander theme and thought to myself you know I, I do look at movies sometimes and say to myself you know there's a greater message here and uh, when I examine the whole Highlander thing if you think about it I'm telling you rewatch that sometime soon oh I used to be one of my favorites I remember those a lot of those episodes like I saw them yesterday well, yeah, I mean, but going back to the original, you know, the, the thing with Sean Connery, the movie, yep. uh, if you think about who the players were, where they came from, okay, including the Russian, including the, uh, you know, our friend in Scotland there, and, uh, and, and of course, Connery, who was, you know, Spanish, but part of the royalty, but, you know, all this other stuff. Take a look back at that and now sort of extrapolate out where each character actually belongs on the world map and think about what's happening. It's really a scary piece of predictive programming if you look at it that way. But look, well, I digress you know a lot. It, it will. It will eventually, if we continue down the path, the path we are treading on right now, it will eventually end up with especially via the New World Order, okay, it will eventually end up as one mega corporation and the planet will be controlled by the board of directors of that corporation. And this has always been their intention. 
Yeah, well, after a while, you streamline things until there's only one stream and only one line, and uh, and there it is. And uh, I, I also just just as a quick little last thing on the Highlander theme, remember the only place they could not fight was on holy ground. <clears throat> okay, so now we're going to move forward because we could we could have a conversation like this all day, Roger, and I know you're a busy man. Uh, so what I'm going to do is drop the article into chat now that we're going to focus on tonight but uh kind of works right 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 into what we're talking about already doesn't it absolutely well like you said and 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 like i reiterated the lowest common denominator always falls back to these banksters these elites it does if you take the root of just about any problem we face as a society today and you work it all the way back to the instigator or the initiator it will fall right within their realm. Well, it always goes back to the banksters, and of course, it is sold to us as a good thing, generally speaking, by the uh, the wondrous individuals in the prostitute media, because that is where uh, that is where these ideas are packaged and marketed to the people as a good thing. So. The article is called "Those Who Would Rule Humanity." Okay, and I've dropped the uh, the link in the chat for everybody. And uh, anytime you're ready, sir, I'm ready. All right. Well, let's get this rolling because there's a bit to go through here. What I'm about to do is I'm about to give you guys a bit of a commentary, and then I'm going to give you some quotes. For anybody listening and not looking at the article, <clears throat> you can find the article on the Liberty Beacon. Again, the name of the article is Those Who Would Rule Humanity. Each and every quote I'm going to give you has a reference to where it, this quote was originally published so that you don't think anything that's about to come out of my mouth is <clears throat> fictitious. And again, I do not challenge anybody to prove what I'm about to say wrong. I dare you to prove anything I'm about to say is wrong outside of my commentary because commentaries are opinions. They are how I feel looking at the massive amount of research and, and information that I've accumulated over the years. So let's get into this, okay? Those who would rule humanity. In reality, modern nations and free societies are but an illusion. There are those among us who consider themselves the elite of humanity. These would-be emperors feel it is their right and destiny to control and rule, not govern, this country and indeed the world. The oligarchical elite literally owns our military, our leaders, our country, and the mainstream media. The preoccupation, misdirection, and constant propaganda provided by the MSM makes their actions and agenda almost impossible to ferret out. Almost. A lot of us have got a long way into digging into that pile of crap. <clears throat> All of this is made possible by the divisiveness they instill in us through a constant barrage of fear, hatred, prejudice, and all of this from birth. Anybody who doesn't understand that the most powerful mechanism of propaganda is fear needs to just look at the history of any country on this planet and look at its steady progression. I don't care if it started out as a monarchy, a democracy, a republic. The progression is always to tyranny. And the main tool for that progression is fear. 
This elite controls the ebb and flow of capital across the globe and can control or deeply manipulate nations through central banking, especially if they are willing to do whatever it takes to maintain that extremely valuable in terms of power and money control. Bribery, extortion, and murder are their tools and mechanisms of manipulation. We are not talking about your local bank here at all. We are talking about the banking powers that tell them when, where, and how high to jump and when they can come down and that they had better not dare repeat what really goes on behind the veil of public perception. Humanity is in imminent danger, and our failure to recognize this and push back against it only emboldens their actions. <clears throat> Excuse me, genocide or the culling of the herd is much easier today with the tools like GMOs, vaccinations, engineered diseases, chem, <clears throat> excuse me, chemtrails, pesticides, fluoridated water, global warfare, and many other mechanisms at their disposal and under their complete control. When you try to picture this elite, the ruling oligarchy, or those who consider themselves to occupy a caste so far above the rest of humanity that they would refer to themselves, or excuse me, refer to the rest of us as cattle, to be thought of and treated as such, there is one the granddaddy of all of these tyrants that should stand above all and the list, well, all and everybody else on the list, responsible for the rise and fall of kings, queens, emperors, and nations. Let's start out with the emperor of elites himself. In 1790, Mayor Amschel Rothschild states, Give me control of a nation's money, and I care not who makes the laws. Right. Stop. Okay. In 1791, the Rothschilds get control of this nation's money through Alexander Hamilton, their agent in George Washington's cabinet. When they set up the first central bank in the USA called First Bank of the United States, this is established with a 20-year charter. Although not a permanent entity, it facilitates the infestation of the U.S. government from that point on. That's quote number one. <clears throat> what follows is just a few more quotes um, from uh, self-proclaimed rulers and recent self-proclaimed rulers and their puppets, along with applicable references. I wish to have no lack of credibility in this matter. They are all referenced. Because when you openly accuse an individual of being evil and an enemy to a vast majority of humanity, which I am, you should come prepared to back your accusations. Absolutely. First, the first one, Curtis Dahl, FDR son-in-law. The Depression was the calculated shearing, shearing of the public by the world money powers, triggered by the planned sudden shortage of supply and call money on the New York uh, money market. The one world government leaders and their ever close bankers have now acquired full control of the money and credit machinery of the U.S. via the creation of the privately owned Federal Reserve. Now, this is FDR's son. So this is quite a while ago. And you must consider 
that he is already talking about the one world government leaders. And this is in the 30s and the 40s this is taking place. That's quote number one. Again, the reference is right below that. Today, the path of total dictatorship in the United States can be laid by strictly legal means, unseen and unheard by the Congress, the president or the people. Outwardly, we have a constitutional government. We have operating within our government and political system another body representing a form of government, a bureaucratic elite. This is Senator William Jenner, and he quoted this. This was a quote from him in 1954, and again, the reference is there. The next one is Mr. Berninsky himself. The technotronic era involves the gradual appearance of more controlled of a more controlled society. Such a society would be dominated by an elite, okay, unrestrained by traditional values. Soon it will be possible to assert almost continuous surveillance over every citizen and maintain up-to-date complete files containing even the most personal information about these citizens. These files will be subject to instantaneous retrieval by the authorities. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Mm. The reference between two ages, America's role in the technotronic era, authored by Mr. Berninsky himself, published in 1970. 1970. What I just read to you was a comment this man made 45 years ago. And he talks about what we see coming to fruition today. Everything you do is monitored. Even the appliances you buy for your house, your cable box, your refrigerator, your, uh, uh, your electric meter, all of these things, your washer, your dryer, now have smart capabilities. Information is being gathered about you at a continuous basis. Street lamps, cameras on street lamps, high-flying drones. You, I don't care if you want to or not, you will never be alone again. Mm. Next quote, David Rockefeller, whatever the price of the Chinese Revolution. Now, let's remember how many people died in the Chinese Revolution. It has obviously succeeded not only in producing more efficient and dedicated administration, but also in fostering high moral and a community of purpose. The social experiment in China under Chairman Mao leadership is one of the most important and successful in history. Almost 100 million people died, either directly or indirectly, as a result of that communist purge. David Rockefeller, reference, 1973, New York Times, August 10th edition. Can you freaking believe this? This is one of the richest men on this planet praising Chairman Mao for wiping out as many people, a third of, say, the population of the United States, and more than most people live in any other country on this planet, with a few exceptions like India, Russia, China, but most, most countries on this planet don't even have 100 million. So there's another one of your elitists. Right. Let's go on. Henry Kissinger, 
I don't see why we need to stand by and watch a country go to communist due to the irresponsibility of its people. The issues are much too important for the Chilean voters to be left to decide for themselves. This guy is talking about a time in the mid-70s when the United States literally went in via the CIA took over countries via assassination and payoffs and absolutely tore the, the, the power of governance away from the people of these countries and put it into the hands of the CIA and the American elites. Again, reference um, uh, Secretary of State under Richard Nixon about Chile prior to the CIA overthrow of a of the democratically elected government of socialist President Salvador Allende in 1973. So these are people actually making comments. And again, these were made, you know, probably at a meeting of the Council on Foreign Relations or a meeting of some other secret society or whatever, we were never meant to know these quotes. We were never meant to see these quotes. But a lot of them found their way into the public mainstream. And something else here, the, the, the fact is that this is also against the backdrop of a time period, <coughs> excuse me, when the CIA was well involved in exactly these types of actions all over the world. They still, uh, they still are. They still are, but this is this is something that we have unearthed over time. Is that from the 1950s to the 1970s, very easily you can see this stuff. Uh, Allende, Lumumba, uh, you know, going on and on. Uh, Operation Ajax in Iran, uh, Mosaddegh. I mean, th th this is exactly the type of stuff that we're confronted with, uh, and, and of course Kissinger was a player at this point, uh, and, and continues to be, as a matter of fact, uh, still... player, he was one of the institutors of a lot of the programs that were that culminated in these actions. Oh yeah, but what I'm saying is, uh, this is not a guy who was getting his hands dirty, this is somebody who was standing, you know, way on the sidelines, away from the action. He has watch over his head to keep it from being buried in the crap he was neck deep in. You you got it, you got it, and 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 this is this is the bottom line with this guy, and and probably one of one of the most disturbing individuals in modern history. But well, uh, there's a few there's a few that beat him out, but you're right, he ranks in the top ten easily. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that he's the number one guy. I'm just no. saying that uh, he definitely belongs on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next one again, Henry Kissinger and. We'll fall back to the point that Chuck just made about this guy having his hands in a lot of pies and a lot of evil things. This is a quote that particularly bothers me. Today's, today, Americans would be outraged if U.N. troops entered Los Angeles to restore order. Tomorrow, they will be grateful. This is especially true if they were told there was an outside threat from beyond, whether real or promulgated that threatened our very existence. Gee, everything you've heard after 9-11. It is then that all peoples of the world will plead with world leaders to deliver them from this evil. The one thing every man fears is the unknown. When presented with the scenario, individual rights will be willingly relinquished for the guarantee of their well-being granted to them by the world government. Ouch! 
Yup. This one is almost complete. I'm going to read that one over again because this one particularly bothers me. Mm. This this was a comment made in 1992 at the Bill, Bilderberg meeting. Okay? Um, I'll read it again. Today, Americans would be outraged if UN troops entered Los Angeles to restore order. Tomorrow, they will be grateful. This is especially true if they were told there was an outside threat from beyond, whether real or promulgated, that threaten our very existence. It is then that all peoples of the world will plead with world leaders to deliver them from this evil. The one thing every man fears is the unknown. When presented with this scenario, individual rights will willingly be relinquished for the guarantee of their well-being granted to them by the one world government. You have lost how many rights in this country due to the Patriot Act and other acts associated with our treasonous Congress and presidents, all as a result of the boogeymen, the Muslims, the Muslim countries that were going to attack us and take our freedoms away. We have lived up to this quote that was made in 1992, starting in 2001. This country started willingly And I I don't say that we wanted these laws to be passed. I will say we never did enough to keep them from being passed or to get them taken down. So we have acquiesced to them. So this quote made in 1992 suffers such a high level of reality today that it sickens me. Well, you know, this this is the, of course, the problem, reaction, solution, sort of uh, uh, summation, really. Uh, you know, because uh, whether whether the uh, threats are real or just perceived, they will beg for deliverance from this uh, quagmire, as it were. Yeah. You know, th- th- this this is what the reality is. Yeah, well, I tried. You know, I'm not an impressionist, but it just you know, it, it, look, it's hard to do Dracula. I mean, Kissinger. But the thing is, it, it, it's just it, it's a perfect summation of what the Hegelian dialectic is. I mean, and in 1992, so you're talking, you know, nearly a decade before the uh, the watershed event of 9/11, as it were. We oh, do. But- yeah, yeah, it, it, but almost a full decade before the actual tyranny started to unfold as a result of 9-11. Well, they usually do have their uh, plans in hand at least a decade before. Oh, yes. You know, so, so this is not unusual. It's not like some big surprise. The military plans to attack the nations we're attacking in the Middle East were in place in the middle 1990s, and there's proof of that. Right, right. All they had to do really was pull out those plans and dust them off as they were. You know, I mean, I'm not saying... We've discussed. We've and, already, you, yeah, two shows ago, you, we discussed that. Exactly. And this is what happened. Of course, we heard about the, the axis of evil, as it were, which included countries we weren't sure about. And meanwhile, they've been exactly pulled into supposedly organically evolving events over time. And this is exactly what's done. This is exactly what's done. This is why, you know, this, but this is why a lot of us scoff at, you know, these supposedly organic things that happen around the world that but, but, cause but us to go this ahead. Is, this is why we have a president who can terminate your life with no due process. 
This is why we have an executive branch and a president that can throw you in prisoner in a FEMA camp for the rest of your life without due process. This is why, this is why, this is, it's all as a result of exactly what Kissinger said, the boogeyman of 2001 and 9-11, the Muslims coming over here to absolutely take our freedoms and our country away from us. We have acquiesced to the total robbing and the total negation of what we knew at one point to be unalienable rights. They're not up to our government to grant to us. The Constitution didn't grant them to us. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights only guarantee that we can practice them. Nobody can take them away from us. Yet we have a tyrannical government since the 2001 event who has done exactly that. And if we do to this day state that we still have rights, they are no longer inalienable rights. They are now privileges granted to us within confines set down by a tyrannical government. If you think I'm wrong, okay, I published an article a month ago where they are teaching our children right from their textbooks in second, third, fourth, fifth grade, that the government grants us our rights. It is written that way in the textbooks your children learn from. Tell me a bigger tyranny. Tell me a bigger tyranny than for our children to grow up believing that the government grants them their rights. Nothing could be further from the truth. Well, that's the thing is when, when you live in a state where, you know, the, the, see, this is the thing. When they grabbed a hold of the term nanny state, uh, when they grabbed a hold of, you know, of those kind of terms on the one side of the, uh, you know, the idiotic political equation, as it seems to stand at the moment, uh, you know, they had a point. They did have a serious point, but it was meant to be convoluted and turned around and blamed on individuals who really didn't have the controls over the levers uh, and, and meant to keep you distracted while they did precisely what everybody was complaining about. Notice, notice that still this giant like re-education system that is going on is, is nothing but a deconstruction of reality. Uh, like you said, you know, an, an, an inalienable right, okay, just like it's written down on that piece of paper, uh, is something that is not granted by the government. It is protected by the government right it is granted protection by the government and that is no longer the case so i'm sorry to interrupt you again roger but i just felt the need to get at get at that really quickly the need for speaking not a problem my friend so for sure you have yeah appreciate it continue chuck no go go right ahead go right ahead okay um, the next one is um, David Rockefeller. We are on the verge of a global transformation. All we need is the right major crisis, and the nations will accept the new world order. I'm telling you, look to 1915, 19, late 1915, early 1916 time frame. 
all of the pieces to the puzzle are in place, whether it's going to be World War III, whether it's going to be a global economic collapse. If you think any of this is not choreographed, you are an idiot. All right, next, and I'm, I'm, I'm on a David Rockefeller roll here because like um, Brzezinski and like um, Kissinger, David Rockefeller has his, uh, God, let's talk about evil. Anyway, <clears throat> this one really gets to me because it speaks to the actual complicity, the complicity of the mainstream media in a much more convincing fashion than any quote I have ever heard. We can all say the mainstream media is complicit. We can all say the mainstream media is a puppet. We can all say all of these things. But let's jump right back to one of these very elites and listen to what he says about the mainstream media. This is another one that really grabs me by the squirtum, I gotta tell you. I wanted to use another word, but I won't defile your show, my friend. <laughs> okay. Appreciate it. We are grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other great publications whose directors have attended our meetings and respected their promises of discretion for almost 40 years. It would have been quite impossible for us to develop our plan for the world if we had been subjected to the lights of publicity during these or those years. But now that the world is more sophisticated, it is prepared to march towards a world government and accept the supranational sovereignty of an intellectual and financial elite, which is surely preferable to the national, excuse me, <clears throat> the national auto-determination practice in past centuries. What? Yeah, and I have in quotes right after that. Still trust the MSM? What he's telling you, okay? And this is referenced, it's an excerpt from a speech given at Bilderberg Annual Meeting um, in West Germany on June 8th, uh, uh, on 8, yeah, the 8th of June, 1991. Okay, and there's also a reference to the publication. You can look in to see this quote, because most of you are not going to believe that I actually said that. But what this gentleman just said, is for 40 years, the mainstream media has been well aware that this organization, okay, the Bilderberg organization, has been moving towards us giving up our national sovereignty. And in order to do that, you've got to take down the Constitution, you've got to take down the Bill of Rights. For over 40 years, this was in 1991, Okay, so we're talking about over a half a century, almost 60 years, the mainstream media has been complicit with the Bilderberg group in putting together a project that would rob America of its sovereignty. And he is bragging about it. Now, do you still trust the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and I'm sure this list is a lot longer than that, but that's all that's in this particular quote. Tell me again, you trust the mainstream media for anything they say. I don't care how trivial it is. 
they sold us down the river. Their job, their function is to give us the information we need to keep this country free. They have done exactly the opposite. Well, right. And this concept comes from the idea that it's like the fourth of state. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be the thing that keeps the uh, political procession honest and what have you. It's supposed to keep what's going on in check. Uh, and, and, and this is absolutely what they have not done. They have uh, simply complicit. They've done just the opposite. Exactly. Exactly. They become nothing more than the pitchmen for the uh, for the nonsense that they're selling us. I mean, very much like the, uh, you know, <clears throat> the hope and change of Barack Obama's upcoming uh, election in 2008. You know, that was all coming from them and the pitchmen. I we're going to say up and coming in 2016. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, see, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't so. think so either. But you know what? We've seen strange things happen lately, haven't we? We sure have. And uh, would you have, if I'd have told you ten years ago that a president would claim the right to lock you away indefinitely without you ever getting a day in court, or claim the right to assassinate you without ever, ever having to produce justifiable cause, would you have believed that? So if you tell me that this president. I'm not saying he's going to, and I don't believe he will, but I will never rule out that Barack Obama might not find a way to run for a third term. And yes, I'm, I'm, I'm probably speaking fantasy here, but I will not rule it out because anybody who had told me half a dozen things that have happened since the year 2000 would ever have happened, I would have told them they were insane. That'll never happen in America. Well, honestly, if you would have told me in 1990 we'd be living in the surveillance state that we're living in, uh, I did not believe it was possible. I'm, well, I'm, well, did. Well, yeah, I understand that. But you see, uh, you know, I had read that book and said to myself, well, this is the most extreme possibility. You know, uh, now it has become embraced because, you know, through the guise of safety, through the guise of, well, the retailers require more, uh, you know, surveillance because they need to protect themselves. Uh, well, this needs more surveillance in order to protect itself. And this needs more surveillance in order to protect oh, itself. Boy. And the thing of it is that a vast majority of the surveillance programs under uh, American law are still illegal. Right. This is correct. Um, you know, there, there's a whole lot of weird stuff that goes on. Uh, you know, even in the retail sector, I've noticed over the past few years that now, uh, you know, because it used to be that video surveillance was not part of the legal canon, right? You weren't allowed to record voices or people's conversations because that had something to do with wiretapping laws. Uh, all of that went down the toilet, too. Every last bit of it went down. You know? <clears throat> oh, I agree. Let me get through the rest of these um, because we're down to 15 minutes, and I really want to get through this and then have a chat with you um, to summarize it, okay? Right, right. Sorry about that, but it's just oh, one of those. Oh, no, you're always welcome, my friend. You are, but I, I, I just would like to get through the rest of this, and then let's punch it out as much as we can. All right. <clears throat> okay. Uh, the next one, again, David Rockefeller. Okay, since... <clears throat> Excuse me. Some even believe we, the Rockefeller family, are part of a secret cabal working against the best interest of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists, 
and of conspiring with others around the globe to build a more integral globe, global polit political and economic structure. One world, if you will. One world. If that's the charge, I stand guilty and I am proud of it. So basically, again, what this gentleman is saying is the sovereignty of America be damned. It is for the elitist that we will build a one-world government, and it will be for the elitist to control this one-world government. And that and that reference is from David Rockefeller's memoirs, page yep. four hundred five. I can hear. Yeah, I can even give you the page on that one. Yep. Uh, the next one, Brzezinski again. It used to be so much easier to control a million people than to kill them, but today it's infinitely easier to kill a million people than to control them. You know what? We're not talking about putting a gun to the back of somebody's head. We're not talking about lobbing nuclear bombs. We're talking about GMOs, geoengineering, vaccines, um, manufactured diseases such as Ebola. We're talking about pharmaceuticals. We're talking about the ability to either eliminate living beings or keep living beings from conceiving additional living beings is it's ripe today and we are seeing genocide happening across this planet and including within this country the united states has the fastest rising um infertility rate on the planet we are the most gmo the most drug the most uh chemtrail the most vaccinated the most we are the most on the planet so anybody who doesn't believe what mr berninski has said all of this is being done legally and sponsored by the very governments we elect and pay to protect us hmm. next okay and the reference is there for that too there is a virtue. Okay, <clears throat> so basically, I've gotten through those. Um, let me give you my final statement here, and then let's let's chat about this for a couple of minutes, Chuck. There is a virtual cornucopia of additional quotes available, but as you can see by those provided here, these individuals display no allegiance to any nation, we the people, or to the masses of humanity, and serve only their aspirations and goals um, or the goals of their puppet masters. We are but an impediment standing in their path to be dealt with in any fashion deemed necessary to achieve their goals. In their mind, this country and indeed this planet is not our domain or that of humanity but their realm to be fashioned and exploited to suit their wishes and needs. These are the elites. This plan is not a year, a decade, or a generation old. This plan has been choreographed and instituted over centuries, fact, and is nearing completion. All that stands between them and global domination is 7 billion people. It's time to push back or be the cattle they deem us and walk passively and ignorantly into the slaughterhouse because these are our only two options. And if you believe anything else, then you, my friends, are in for one very rude awakening and soon. 
Right. And uh, this is uh, the very last line of the article. Of course, right after that, wake up, speak out, and live free. Uh, I I use that to end a lot of my articles. I I thought too many people have already heard that, but I appreciate you saying that. That's, That is... That's my key tagline, because that's what we need to do. We need well, to we need to wake up to what's going on around us, stand up together, and speak out, or we will never live. Absolutely, and and this this is the key to everything. And 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 look, you know there are people that uh, that push back against what it is that we say regarding the uh, the oligarchy. <laughs> These are quotes straight from the freaking horse's mouths. Right. Well, the, How can you push back against what they actually said, Chuck? Well, what they purposely published, what they've even allowed to be released. I mean, yeah, you've got a couple of occasions here where, you know, some stuff wasn't meant for the ears of the general public. Like but the Bilderberg meetings? Right, like the Bilderberg <laughs> meetings. Corporation meetings? Yeah, right. But the thing is, even in their own memoirs, even in their own papers, even in their own public statements. Their I mean, arrogance outshines their intelligence. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a not a difficult thing to do a vivisection of what it is that they're actually saying to us, and I do mean vivisection, not dissection, because a vivisection is uh, something that you do to something that is still alive. Yeah. Yeah. This is alive. This is a living and breathing plan which has been uh, in the works for, as you said, centuries, and this is what is happening. Uh, and, and, and again, I think it's a good point to go back to, like you said, if you would have told me that this was the case in 1990, and somebody did try and tell me that back in the 1990s, I got to be honest with you, Roger, I thought it was fantasy. I thought I was dealing with people that were paranoid. I was working for the DOD in the 1990s. Do you think I believed any of this? If you would have come and told me this, I would have said, yep, okay, you need to be on a drug test, puppy, because you've been smoking something. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, you know, you, you kind of look at somebody like that and say, listen, um, you must have gotten some of that vodka from Chernobyl. Uh, you know, this is what you would have said in the 90s, you know. Oh, look, yeah. yeah. You know, lay, lay off of that officially Russian vodka because it's probably contaminated, my friend. You know, you, you'd have some concern for them. But the fact is uh, they were right. They were extremely right. We're watching it unfold. It's now being done right before our very eyes. And uh, and, and like you said, the prostitutes in the mainstream are quite complicit in this. They, they have been the assistant pitchmen. They have been the Madison Avenue ad makers, as it were, for this industry of tyranny. Um, and they continue to do so. This well, is not... Now stop and think. The elites are the puppet masters, okay? The... Um the uh, their their henchmen, which would be presidents, senators, CEOs, they are in fact the puppet, and the mainstream media is the flapping lips. Well, you know, either that or the stage for the puppet show, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, you know, this this is the stage by which the puppets get to play for us. You know what I mean? And and that is all it is at this point. It is that and distraction, distraction from the reality. And in fact, the 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 puppet show in and of itself is a distraction from the reality of what's actually happening. And and that is that is the uh, the crazy thing. You know, that is the the crazy thing. And I, I hate to even use the word crazy because. 
again, I'm falling back on old habits. It's it's insane that it's happening. But it's all very well thought out, very well planned, very well choreographed. They have every day. You know, when you've got a plan this complex, the one thing that you have to realize, and I've done a lot of complex plans in my life, especially what I used to do for a living. And every plan you have and every leg of every plan you have has to have a contingency. If this veers off, then what do we do? If this veers off, then what do we do? They have contingency upon contingency upon contingency to the one main plan. And what we have to realize here, what we have to really understand here is that these people do not think like you and I. You and I are concerned about putting food in the refrigerator, most of us. We're concerned about making sure that the bills get paid. We're concerned about what we consider normal. These people absolutely take for granted. When you are worth trillions of dollars, the last thing you worry about is paying the bills. The last thing, we also have to worry about social inequities. How we talk to people, what we say, how's that going to affect my job? How's that going to affect um, the, the way my, my peers think of me? These people also do not think that way. They don't worry about paying bills. They don't worry about saying what they're going to say because it might affect their job or their life or their social life. Arrogance is a part of their being. Assuredness of everything is a part of their being. They are almost alien to you and me and anybody listening to this show. Their thought process is on an entirely different plane. They think what they're doing is right. They think what they're doing is good for humanity because that is what has been bred into them. They are just as propagandized by their own propaganda, only in the other direction, as we are propagandized on this side. If you have a plan that's been going on for three-plus centuries, Every generation is born into that plan and fed the party line. They eat the propaganda as much as we do. But it's on a totally different playing field. But that's They're why not like us. Well, that's why using the word alien is not inappropriate here because it is very difficult for people like myself and yourself to wrap our minds around this. Okay? Because we would think For a moment, that okay, maybe greed will get you so far as far as destroying your fellow man. Uh, We can understand that. But once you achieve a certain level, wouldn't that stop? You know, even if you felt that in order to succeed, you must dominate and you must supersede everyone around you. If that was part of the equation, you would think that that would have an end to it. Well, you've got eight families that control over $300 trillion. Tell me... When they're going to reach that point where they've got enough that they don't have to be greedy anymore? I don't think it's ever going to happen. Well, that's my point exactly. Is that you know, is that we're not talking about people who say, "Okay, I have enough," or "I've gotten to a level where I don't have to worry anymore," and that's all they want. Now, that's generally what somebody wants when they're in, you know, 
among the rest of us, as it were. Okay, this is the kind of thing that we would work for, and some people are willing to do rather terrible things to get there. They're willing to make deals with their devils and whatnot. But these people are not making deals with the devil. They actually believe that this is the right thing to do. They actually seem to uh, have a an alien mindset. I mean, what else can you call it? Uh, that doesn't have anything to do with their place in the human spectrum. They think that they're above us truly. They, they do see us as, as the chattel, as the, uh, as the animals that, uh, that sometimes certain segments of the population well, do behave as. But when, you, when, you, when one of your intentions is to wipe out Seven billion people and keep five hundred million people around, which is exactly what the Georgia Guidestones say. That's that's another point of elitist arrogance. They they carved it into marble and stuck it there for everybody to see it. Okay, mm. five hundred million people. The population of this planet should be kept under five hundred million people to keep it in balance with, with um, the planet. Okay, five hundred million people. When when you're discussing eliminating, okay. Seven billion people. How can you even tell me that anything within your makeup even comes close to resembling anything human? That's it. That's exactly the point. Uh, you know, we it's it's beyond my emotional comprehension. It really is. I can see it intellectually, I can see what's being done, but I don't comprehend how a human being could seek to do these things. Or how they probably figure that our comprehension is on such a subpar level that we could never understand what they truly see. And there you go. That's that's really what the separation uh, with the oligarchy and the population is about. See, most people being most people don't understand that these elitists have been propagandized just as much as you and I have, but on a totally different level. Well, right, and we learn this occasionally. Occasionally, we get to learn this when we uh, when we encounter, you know, some of the far flung cousins and things that are not necessarily part of the greater equation, who uh, who somehow end up, you know, intermingling a little bit with the common folk, as it were, and and uh, and and sort of revealing some of these things. Between that and the hubris that allows them to make their uh, their their you know premonition type statements about what it is they're going to do, uh, you know, these two things indeed give us a full picture of where they're coming from okay and the reality behind the thought process and it's still incredible it's still really mind-bending to try and wrap your mind around it uh you know if you're somebody who you know gives a damn about your fellow man i mean i'm sorry to say it any other way but it it, it is an alien thought process bottom line i you know i i I'll tell you the truth i I get the shivers even trying to um, understand how they conceive us or how they conceive the world or how they conceive humanity or how they conceive their position as the elitist of this planet. But so I'm, Bone chilling, bone chilling, I, in, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it is. And um, I'm going to say hello to Dylan. Hello, Dylan. Hi, Roger. And I'm going to say goodbye, Dylan. Bye, Roger. <laughs> and uh, as always, Chuck... Great conversation, um, and I'm already looking forward to next Tuesday. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, Roger Landry, everybody, uh, thelibertybeacon.com. You can find that article which we read and a slew, I mean an avalanche of stuff, uh, examining every single aspect of, of the elitist plan, as it were, across the planet, uh, you know, but uh, with a special focus on the United States when it comes to Roger, because he's from the United States, but, uh, but as you're uh, often quick to say, sir, about the United States and about these other countries, uh, you know, about that monopoly? Yeah, we, uh, the United States has no monopoly on either tyranny or liberty. And I would tell you this is a global organization. We do have websites across the planet, and that will only grow. The ever-growing Liberty Beacon. So the Liberty Beacon, all one word, dot com. Also the Falling Darkness, all one word, dot com. And uh, you know, definitely, definitely worth your time. In case you've never heard this before, but if you listen to my show all the time, you've definitely heard <laughs> Roger before. And uh, I, I can't thank you enough, sir, for coming on with me today. Well, I wish the two of you a very pleasant evening, and I've got to run. All right. Uh, a little bit after 8 o'clock, I should be around to uh, uh, talk to you. All right. Thank you. All right. Oh, wait a minute. What time zone are you in? Oh, I'm in the eastern time zone. So oh, okay. About an hour from now, if you're around. All right. Okay, guys. Bye. All right. Bye. Uh, Dylan. Hey, Chuck. How you doing tonight, Dylan? Better. Oh, good. Good. I was uh, on with you on, uh, what is it, the People's Internet Radio? Yeah, just right? a couple hours ago. Right, exactly. And uh, we were having a discussion. I had my son on my lap, but uh, he interrupted kind of appropriately now and then. Uh, yeah, he did. He knew when to scream. Yeah, he was doing his cues pretty well. Uh, I, I got it. I got to say, I'm grateful for that. He was giving me a hard time, but nobody got to see it because he was just stomping on Daddy's lap and stuff and kicking me and clawing at my face and grabbing my glasses and grabbing my headphones and you guys didn't get to hear any of that but there it was that would have been fun oh yeah well you know that would have been fun to listen to <laughs> yeah fun for you fun for yes. you fun, fun for me <laughs> Interesting, though, uh, uh, people across the pond, as it were, seem to uh, uh, take to my humor and my discussion a little bit better than they seem to in the U.S. So, yeah, they loved you. I, I, I think I think I might have to make myself an Irish broadcaster pretty soon. So well, I'm not an Irish broadcaster, and they let me on, so give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, so anyway, Dylan. <laughs> yes. I am hesitating to ask you what I want to ask you. Uh, so, you want to ask me what's going on in my class? I already know it. Yeah, of course, but uh, but let's let's hold off on that just a little bit, okay? Yes. Uh, going to read through an article because we we started, of course, getting totally sidetracked, as it were. Uh, as usual. As per usual, when I show up, don't expect to stay on one track. It's just that simple. No, we uh, learned that with the first show I did. Yeah, well, and occasionally, occasionally, I'll stay on the JFK topic, but I'll still go all over the damn map, uh, you know, uh, so, but but everybody's sick of hearing about JFK, don't worry out there, I'm not going to the JFK subject. Wait, I thought we were doing a method show. Oh, not today, not today, but that roundtable is coming along nicely, I think uh, Andrea Skolnick and uh, David Reese jones will join us for that one, I hope. Oh, okay. And Maybe I'll get a couple more guests out of it. Well, there you go, and you know, uh, I 
I'm trying to convince Mark Lane is rather old now. I'm trying to convince him to uh, to come on my show. He's saying that he's no longer doing interviews, and I really find that sad uh, because uh, he's an interesting guy. Actually, knew uh, Dr. King. Uh, actually, uh, worked on JFK's campaign in 1960, and uh, is the guy who wrote Rush to Judgment and did the film and all of that, which right. uh, was one of the first books, one of the first uh, uh, serious examinations of the Warren Commission in the public's mind. He was uh, for a very long time, although, you know, we don't have the reruns like we had, you know, like we did not have the reruns in the 60s and the 70s like we have now, uh, but various live broadcasts all over the planet, this guy would go on and deconstruct the Warren Commission for people and uh, also spent time working on the King assassination uh, and, and a great many other interesting uh, social injustices throughout time so i definitely hope to get him on that would be uh, great yeah um and uh, another interesting guest i have coming up is hp alborelli but uh but uh, we're, we're gonna probably do that in february because uh, mr alborelli's a little busy so well, i'm gonna try to get ken to come on too he said he was interested in talking about that because he had a lot of questions he just asked for a couple days notice and he would come in with some questions well i love ken he moves the conversation along man uh so definitely tell him uh he's he's more than invited on any one of my shows actually where i'm taking questions and things because i just love it it's he's like the the great question man so i i i really feel like calling him the riddler at this point because you know um i love those batman you know the batman universe as it were i do too it's probably the most expansive. It's definitely expansive, and plus there are uh, uh, plenty of you know anachronisms for uh, for various aspects of life. There are plenty of uh, soliloquies that can be had that are relative to the realities around us uh, in the canon of Batman mythology, as it were. So, here's an article, which uh, let's see. According to this, was published. Today, sorry. Is it by Reuters? No, actually, I'm going to go with the Associated Press because because uh, I'm some more incoherent nonsense. Look, man, I do not have the patience for Reuters today. Okay? <laughs> it's just not going to happen. But uh, see, initially, when I was going on uh, people's uh, internet radio over there, we were going to discuss Israel, and of course, did it for about ten seconds, and then that was the end of the Israel topic. Well, we didn't. Well, Ken moved it to Clinton. Well, yeah, he went there because he's got. A particular hatred of Clinton, as if Clinton is a, a more extreme example of what's wrong with uh, American politics. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Hill, Bill and Hill are basically hiccups, in my opinion, compared to uh, you know the Bush crime syndicate and, and the uh, Kissingers and the Rockefeller, the Kissingers, the Rockefellers, the Brzezinski's of the world. You know, uh, you, you got so many wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, vampires out there to choose from. It's, uh, Confusing why he would go with Clinton over Kissinger and Bush. It, you know what it is? It's bowing right back to the old, you know, sort of ingrained right-wing possibilities, which I'm a weirdo when it comes to that, you know, in alternative radio, because uh, although I did hold a lot of right-wing positions, uh, I guess emotionally I was a little more liberal when I was walking, sleeping. And, uh, you know, so that makes me a weirdo to begin with because, you know, I think I've got this... I think I still am a little more on the liberal side of it, even though I'm uh, awake. 
Yeah, see, now that puts you in a very, very unfavorable position because, you know, when you have empathy and sympathy for individuals, it often makes you a pariah among a lot of people in alternative media. So be aware there are people that are going to be angry with you for that. So uh, I I said some stuff last week that unfortunately didn't get me any hate, so maybe that will. Ah, well, that's okay. If you sympathize with my uh, somewhat liberal positions regarding things, then, uh, you know, look, hey, look, anytime you side with me, you're going to get some level of hate, so... They, and, and you know what I've also realized is that uh, if one person writes you a nasty message, there's probably 12 people that wanted to, but were just too lazy to do it or too drunk. So, and, and you know very well I've gotten plenty of drunken messages, so I can imagine yeah. that, uh, you know, if you expound, you know, uh, the, the exponential number of drunks that probably do listen to my show, listen, cheers to all of you and enjoy your beverages. Okay. <laughs> Man, you're you're really gunning for that hate. I I don't care. You know what? Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And uh, and all that. Uh, of course. And and as as predicted, uh, they of course in the chat room, which I no longer have in front of me. Uh, of course, you know, even with Roger Landry on, you know, ask the guy about dancing Israelis. So wonderful. This is going to be the running joke for the next little while. For the next little while. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's see what happens next. And you know what? Just to make everybody happy, let's talk about Israel for a minute. So from the AP, Jerusalem, uh, haven't read the article, but I saw the headline and thought it was appropriate and figured I'd throw it out there and see what you had to say about it. And then we'll get into your classroom and God knows what that'll bring us. So I have no idea. Semi-short article, but before I get totally sick to my stomach, let's do this. All right. Uh, The Israeli government on Tuesday claimed... Qatar, which, you know, Q-A-T-A-R, had expelled the leader of the Hamas militant group in what would be a significant diplomatic victory for Israel. Hamas officials denied the claims as baseless. The Israeli Foreign Ministry, ministry excuse me, issued a statement saying it, quote, welcomes Qatar's decision to expel the head of the Hamas political bureau, Khalid Mashal, to Turkey. It said that Qatari decision came after heavy diplomatic pressure from Israel. Quote, we expect the Turkish government to act responsibly in a similar way, end quote, it added. Hamas officials in both Qatar and Gaza angrily dismissed the Israeli claims. Uh, oof. I don't know how to pronounce this, but Izzat, I-Z-Z-A-T. Yeah, that's that's Izzat. Okay, but the last name, forget it. R-I-S-B-Q, I guess. Risk. Hey, Tom, sorry. Risk. Risk, okay, thank you. I, I, got, I got nothing. Uh, no, it's <laughs> fine. That's the best I got. It's fine, much like the board game, Risk. Okay. A top aide to Mashal said that the claim was wrong. Quote, there is no basis of truth about brother Khalid Mashal uh, leaving Doha. We are in Doha now, end quote, he told the Associated Press. Hamas, spoke, Hamas spokesman Hassam Badran, B-A-D-R-A-N, in Qatar, and Salah Bardawil, a Hamas official in Gaza, also told the AP the report was false. In Turkey, the foreign ministry said it had no information on a Qatari decision or plans by Massal to relocate to Turkey. 
Israel and Hamas, an Islamic militant group sworn to the destruction of the Jewish state, are bitter enemies. Uh, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Why do they have to go into that? Okay. <laughs> Back to the article. The sides fought a 50-year war. La- Wait a minute. A 50-day war, excuse me, last summer that killed more than 2,100 Palestinians in Gaza and 72 people on the Israeli side. Now, you ever notice that that's always the way that math works? That is really disproportionate. Yeah, hugely disproportionate when the criminal state of Israel attacks the people in Palestine. But anyway. I can't understand how people defend them. I don't get it either. If the claim is true, the expulsion would mark a major setback for Hamas. In recent years, Hamas has faced growing isolation in the region after disputes with its longtime sponsors, Syria and Iran. The downfall of its close ally, a former Egyptian president, Mohamed Morsi, uh, who was overthrown by the military, Massal moved to Qatar after the Syrian civil war erupted in 2011. Wow. Facing diplomatic isolation and deep financial problems, Hamas, which seized control of Gaza in 2007, reluctantly agreed to the formation of a unity government led by its rivals, President Mohammed Abbas, last year. But the group remains in firm control of the seaside territory. Asked about the Hamas denial, an Israeli official said the government had received, quote, serious and reliable information, end quote, from, quote, official channels, end quote, that the expulsion order had been granted. The official speaking on condition of anonymity, of course, uh, because... He was not authorized to discuss the matter, refused to say whether Qatar had delivered the news directly. Israel used to have a diplomatic office in Qatar and still maintains low-level relations with the country. There was no immediate comment from Qatar, a wealthy Gulf state that has allowed Massal to set up a base there. Of course, is the same place where, uh, uh, what do you call it, that, uh, oh, the Arab uh, TV station... For the longest time, what is the name of that thing again? Oh, I forget. But that that, that is where we got our uh, our nine eleven information from the evil Arab TV station came out of Qatar. Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera. Thank you. See, it slipped my mind there. Okay, under a deal reached with the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia late last year, Qatar agreed to a number of foreign policy directives that are largely believed to be related to its support of Islamic groups throughout the region. The details of the Gulf Reconciliation Agreement have not been made public. That in and of itself is pretty interesting. Of course, Saudi Arabia, always a player, and uh, the UAE, always a puppet regime, all with plenty of oil and riches and royal families that uh, integrate with our political crime syndicates. Sorry, I stepped out of the article for a moment. Okay, back to the article. A number of Egyptian Muslim Brotherhood members were forced to leave Qatar last year after the UAE, Saudi Arabia, and Bahrain withdrew ambassadors from Doha. The three Gulf countries had accused Qatar of interfering in their domestic affairs and of failing to uphold a security pact. Ambassadors were reinstated after a deal was reached in November. The following month, Al Jazeera's live channel, 
dedicated to coverage of Egypt was shut down. Egypt had accused the Qatar-based and funded Al Jazeera news network of bias against the new government and of supporting the Brotherhood. The network has denied the charges and demanded Egypt free three journalists imprisoned there from its English language channel. Uh, that, that article jumped around like you. Yeah, it did. I, 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 that's kind of why I grabbed it, because I thought, you know, there you go. Yeah, it does a lot like you in that sense. Yeah, well, you know how it goes. I mean, uh, uh, it, it, it's always interesting to me to see how this stuff is played out. Um, it's always a he, he said, she said. Well, right. And at the end of the day, we're not supposed to take anything from the, uh, you know, from the Palestinian uh, assets on the ground, the authorities as they were, or the so-called militant groups uh, as serious. But, you know, let's just slip by the fact that, you know, 2100 versus 70 seems to be any sort of a conflict, uh, you know. I'd say genocide rather than conflict, but that's just me. Yeah, well, it does seem that way, doesn't it? I mean, I'm sure more Israelis might slip and fall at their mikvahs uh, than actually be killed by Hamas, but um, <sighs> sounds, yeah. like the U- sounds like the U.S. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I mean, you know, more people are killed by slips and falls in the tub than are by terrorists, so... Um, and the numbers uh, in the retaliation are, are more than likely triple the numbers actually lost on our side. Yeah, and not only that, but I mean, if you think that for a moment that the AP is accurately uh, reporting the slaughter uh, of of Palestinians over there, you're out of your mind. Uh, They don't want to have themselves, you know, ejected or imprisoned in uh, in Israel or any other, you know, uh, surrogate state that uh, that uh, has concerns with uh, the Israelis, as it were. So, no, if you want to go. If you want to go into more Israelis, did you see that Louis Gomer uh, interview? No, tell me about that. Where he said the new Congress will 100% back Netanyahu, and if Palestine goes to the UN to become a state, the U.S. will defund it. Well, really, I, I, I am color me not shocked. <laughs> Color me not shocked. I wasn't shocked either, but hey, it's something. And I know that that's your doggy, so. I, I don't know why she's freaking out. She's the good one. Oh, maybe, maybe it's because we have brought up Israel and therefore they're. Uh... She's, she's the service dog. She's the controlled one. Oh, that's really weird then. Oh, man. Okay. So. Really, you know, there's nothing new under the sun when it, re, you know, when it uh, comes to this whole conflict. You know, Gaza would be a really wonderful resort area if uh, if they would stop this nonsense. You know, uh, yeah, it would be nice if they didn't bomb it. Yeah, it would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, and the thing is. See, and, I tr- and I'm starting to trace more and more things back to the British crown, which is something that I, I stopped short of saying over there on that uh, uh, People's Internet Radio, because you knew that's where I was about to go, and I stopped. Yeah. Why did you? Well, 
you know what it is? I didn't want to really rile up everybody. I figure if I go on there one day and we talk about the opium wars and we talk about, you know, the, uh, you know, the conflagration of the British Empire across the planet and how they have now controlled other greater empires and the city of London. Those guys hate the British crown just as much as you and I. Well, yeah, but, you know, sometimes it upsets people when you say that, you know, when you say that the, uh, you know, the District of Samiramis here, along with Vatican City, along with the City of London, are really the, uh, you know, the trifecta of the power structure as we see it on the planet. Uh, some people take offense to that, you know. And uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to open up that particular can of worms uh, with, with your people over there, so... Well, if you do a show on the network like I think you wanted to, it's what I had gleamed at least. Mm. Uh, that's a topic you can delve into, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. But look, if it's if it's under my own banner, I'll be more than happy to uh, to accept the hostility. But I didn't want to do it to you, so <laughs> I've got a lot of hostility anyway. <laughs> oh come on! For not being there for two weeks because I've had technical issues. Well, people always think that you're 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 the uh, the sweetest of the sweet, and they always cut you slack, brother. It's not like me. Well, on here, just, you know, <laughs> but, well, on here, I don't know. On here, I mean, you know, you're uh, on. I, I, I didn't know what you were talking about, actually. Just in general, uh, most people don't get too angry at anything you say. At least that I've that I've experienced yet. But who knows? So- so I'll have to try harder is what you're saying. Uh, no, I, I will not advise anyone follows the path that I do. <laughs> so now that we have uh, effectively killed 25 minutes, Woo-hoo. Uh, let's, let's look at it this way. Uh, last week and uh, previous weeks, we had discussions revolving around discussions in your classroom because uh again to point out to the listeners you know dylan is 16 so we're talking about the up and coming about to emerge tail end of the millennial generation here Uh, Uh, good luck good luck world yeah well you know and and this is uh this is always a fascinating subject for me uh you know so there's a recent discussion in your classroom, and, and this is something that we covered before, of course, uh, when talking about Ferguson and everything before you went for your holiday break, uh, you know, talking about police brutality as an issue, racism as an issue, uh, the divide and conquer strategy, the police state, so on and so forth, and what's wrong with American politics. Uh, the great solution among your peers was that uh, Barack Obama is actually involved in the genocide against black people, and that at the same time, these people who also happen to be black in your class would be more than happy to vote for him again anyway. Uh, if they Even could though they're vote. the ones accusing him. Although they're the ones who actually accuse him of being part of the genocide that you would ostensibly believe they would be part of. Uh, you know, nonetheless, I guess, you know, suicidal thoughts do run through your school. But um, yes, I, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, you got no, nothing for an explanation there. And then seemingly rational people descend into these bizarre uh, ideas. <laughs> but you hinted to me earlier on your show that you actually had something new to report about these wonderful political social discussions in your class. So I'm waiting for it. Give give me the setup, though. I mean, what was going on in the class? You know, again, the same class where – hold on. The same class 
where they wanted to know why there wasn't, uh, you know, some sort of film footage of uh, of the American Revolution or uh, George Washington's uh, inauguration as our first president. The very same class that 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 had the intellectual strength to imagine that. Um, so I always love your descriptions. Yeah, I, 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 I can't help myself. I mean, I really and I have to take my time saying these things because I just want to laugh. I, I want to <laughs> laugh, but but a part of me wants to uh, cry or throw up in my mouth. So uh, so I have to, you know, sort of rope it in and restrain myself as I go forward. Right. Um, yeah. So, so Dylan, and, and I don't even know if I properly introduced you. Of course, this is Dylan Wade, who does The Truth Speaks. You can find him on YouTube, on People's Internet Radio. Uh, still on Shake and Wake? No. Okay, Shake yeah. and Wake is done. Uh, but you can still find him out there. If you basically search for The Truth Speaks and Dylan Wade, you'll find him somewhere. And he's been a guest on my show a lot of times. So, and you can find us on Climate Viewer. ClimateViewer.com, the network has not yet started we're looking at different avenues we don't want to use google plus so we're looking at other servers uh, but smart. we are we are starting soon we're just taking a step back right right okay so that'll be coming up and i'll let people know when that happens okay so what was the setup? Give me the give me the idea of what was going on in the classroom and then we'll get into God help us what the new wonderful conclusion is. Because you know uh, Barack, Barack Obama Barack Obama hates black people and of course and of course George Washington's uh, inauguration footage is among the missing. So so what well, is the I, new conclusion? Chuck, I think I can top both of those. Oh no. Well, tell me first what was going on, like, in a legitimate sense before, you know, the insane conversation ensued. My teacher put on a, a year in review all the biggest news stories of the year. Oh, my goodness. Okay, wait a minute. Wait. We could have fun with this. Okay, so, so in other words, you come back after the new year to school, and he puts on uh, some video that he has. Yeah, he puts on, like, a three-minute video. Uh, basically briefly covering all the major, uh, the like the five or six biggest stories of the year. Is this something that he put together or did he just no. record it off of the TV? No, this is something that, um, it's a website. I can't remember which one, but they do it for schools. Oh, okay. Well, even better. Remember. I cannot remember which one, uh, what it's called. But anyway, one of the stories they covered was MH370. Oh. Okay. I can I can sense your disgust already. Yeah, yeah, of course. So the wonderful conclusion that they came to was the plane flew over China and an asteroid hit it. All right, in all fairness, that's just as plausible as anything else that's been uh, uh, hypothesized about this. Right, but they said the asteroid hit China. 
All right. That's not, that part's not plausible. Well, yeah, you know what? Sure it is. Why not? You know what? I'll give them credit there for imagination. It is very plausible that an asteroid could have hit China and wiped out part of it, and we would not know about it. That is a very, very good possibility. I guess I I I am not gonna I'm not gonna scoff at them yet I'm not gonna scoff at them yet yeah so there's 370 which one of the biggest distractions of the year I'll give it that so what was next mm-hmm. um what was next I, I honestly I thought that would lead to a longer discussion um the new Senate. Oh, of course. The fact that the uh, the other side of the aisle has taken control of the uh, of the ostensive representation of the people, right? Right. <laughs> Which you know, again, another distraction because it's got nothing to do with the reality of the fact that they're all controlled by the same corporate interests and they all have you know uh, funding from both sides. And well, that sounds familiar. The, the brilliant, con- the brilliant conclusion that they reached was that aliens influenced the voters. That was a couple of them. Just a couple. Aliens influenced voters. In all fairness, it was just a couple. Which which caused Republicans to be elected in this country. Yes. (sighs) Can we scoff at them yet? Yeah, I'll I'll give you this one, and 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 uh, you know, and 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 somebody reminds me. Uh, Joe Friday in the chat room reminds me of a line from a movie, which is probably a couple years old now. But uh, uh, of course, you know, uh, you you never go full retard, man. You you just don't. But okay, <sighs> I know that's a politically incorrect statement, but it just seemed to fit there. I don't know why. Aliens caused the Republic. Okay, so so far, an asteroid hit the plane and China, and the aliens wanted the Republicans in office. Yes. Why do I think this is going to get worse? Okay, okay. (laughs) It's not. It goes up from there. It really does? Not much. Do you promise? (laughs) Depends on your definition of up. Oh, all right, all right. So let let, uh, let let's hear it. There was a handful of stories. MH370 in the election of the Republicans uh, to Congress. You know, taking the majority role. This was the big watershed events of 2014, according to your school. Oh, government reeducation. Help me. Okay. <laughs> go, 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 go ahead. Let's let's push forward. Ukraine. Okay. Possibly legitimate. Fairly legitimate, right? Because after all, it has a lot to do with the possibilities that are up and coming. Uh, You know, I'll be completely fair to my class on this one. This is probably the most rational discussion they've had. Okay. Good deal. Thank you for the hope. What what happened? It's still not very rational, but they basically said that middle the Middle East, um, Iraq and Syria were influencing the Russians to take over Kiev. It, it's the most plausible I've gotten out of them. I'm taking it as a victory. You're claiming that as a victory. 
So in other words, after, after aliens come down and an asteroid hits China, yes. So in other words, what you're saying is that ISIS gets on their satellite phones and utilizes their superior technology that they uh, that they had in their beheading videos to contact Vladimir Putin directly and uh, and tell him to take over the Ukraine. Hey, they. They also asked who. They also asked if the British won the revolution. So I'm gonna take my victories where I can. See, but I say again, whether the British succeeded yeah. in achieving victory in the revolution is a reasonable question. Yeah, but you knew that's not where they were going with it. But listen, at least they're on the right path. At least they're yeah. on the right path. I mean, yeah, you know. they're, fo- they're following the breadcrumbs without knowing their breadcrumbs. Well, true, but I mean, with the you know, with the the, the Middle Eastern uh, uh, <laughs> assets, you know, telling Putin what to do. I mean, uh, tail wagging dog. I mean, what are we talking about here? You know, I don't know, dude. Aliens came down. I'm gonna take this one, and I'm gonna say at least they didn't go like you said, full retard. Look, so far, an asteroid could have hit MH370. I'll give them. Uh, Next, I will say that the British winning the Revolutionary War is a possibility. Um, Yes, I agree. But I know that's not where they were going with it. So uh, they 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 don't understand. But but even so, you know, just because they don't understand it doesn't mean they couldn't get to a a proper point from that jumping off start. Uh, So so thus far. Between that and the aliens and the strike on mainland China with an asteroid, which is less plausible than than many things could be, uh, but the the plane having been struck by uh, you know an extraterrestrial body, this is a possibility. However, aliens controlling the voting process in the United States and thusly uh, uh, creating a sweeping victory for the Republican majority is uh, is is really really gone. I mean, look. In that case, you're telling me that Big Bird is whistling into Barack Obama's ear and setting off his MK Ultra programming, um, and 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 that might be a little more possible than you think. But uh, nevertheless, good God, where what? what uh, I'm sorry, I do this to you all the time. No, it's okay. It's okay. I, I just let me. The other one is a bit more of a contradiction. Okay. Let, let's let's get yeah. into. This is the last one, I promise. Okay. <laughs> Unless you want to hear more. Uh, you know what? I am a glutton for punishment. So let us <laughs> let us move forward and see how long it takes me to retch over it. <laughs> ISIS. Uh, okay, ISIS is what? Just the fact that it exists, uh, the movements in Syria, the nope. need for attack ISIS. in Iraq. What? According to my class. Not only is ISIS telling Putin what to do, but Putin and China are also telling ISIS who to behead so that America will bomb them. Okay. I love the silence because I never get silence out of you. You Takes me a minute to readjust. Why do you do this to yourself? I, I I don't know, Dylan. I don't know, but okay. Let me let me just make sure I understand this correctly. Okay, 
Okay, go ahead. Okay. So, ISIS's beheadings are a big, huge story in 2014. Which they are. Which, okay. I I guess. Part of the general discourse, fine, I get it. All right. But those that are controlling and telling them who to behead, who to trade for and capture, uh, who to acquire as prisoners so that they can publicly behead them and uh, spread their videos on social media, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Those that are doing that are actually Putin and China. They're telling them strategically who to behead in order to create American sentiment that will force us to bomb uh, 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 the ISIL construct. Yes. Oh, Dylan. I'm sorry. I literally do not know what to say to that. Really, you knew what to say to the aliens, but not to this. Because it it makes more sense to me that aliens would come down and do something on this planet. Now, whether they would support the Republican side of the ticket, on the other hand, is another issue. But uh, perhaps, perhaps I'm revealing my crazy a little here. But aliens coming down to cause things to happen seems to be a whole lot more plausible to me than ISIS being told who to behead by uh, Putin and China. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. And I still give them credit for the whole who actually won the Revolutionary War. I give them credit for that. I give them credit for an asteroid might have struck MH370. But I think we've negated that. But we, we have now gone way over the cliff and... You know, Wiley Coyote didn't even get to hold up his sign on the way down. So. I love the analogy. Man. What else? I mean, was there anything else in this? I mean, this is like three minutes of madness. I mean. uh, Three minutes of madness? No, this was 45 minutes. The video was three minutes. The discussion was another 40. Well, yeah. Well, of course, the discussion always takes longer than the uh, than the demonstration, right? But but this is like setting off you know mind bombs in in these kids' heads, and uh, and and there's just nobody home to. to, to <laughs> wow. Okay, give me one last one, and then I'll ask you the ultimate question about this. Okay. Last one. It's real in Gaza. Oh boy. Okay. So the fact that the people in Palestine are being slaughtered by the criminal state of Israel and the presentation in the main – I'm sure it was in a mainstream sense about how Israel needs to defend itself from these terrible Hamas people and all that, right? That's probably what they were saying. Actually, I'll give it credit. It was on the right side. Oh, so they were actually talking about the slaughter of the Palestinian people. Well, they gave both sides, which is more fair than most media. 
I, you know what? I'll give you that. I, I give you that. I never see both sides on uh, on anything that would be remotely connected to being beamed into a school. Uh, you know, none of your alphabet uh, agency uh, controlled and funded. You know, five, well, six, but soon to be five corporate entities uh, uh, would would ever give you both sides of the equation, not even remotely. Uh, so, okay, fine. Hmm? Oh man, here we go. Okay. I think this one's the one that takes it. The analysis from the people that gave us an asteroid hit MH370 and mainland China. Aliens came down and influenced the American political scene enough to cause the election of a majority of of, of Republicans in the Congress. Uh, Wow. What was the other? Um... Putin is telling oh, oh, Putin. ISIS. Putin is telling ISIS who to behead, and ISIS uh, is telling Putin. What and ISIS to is telling Ukraine. Putin to invade the Ukraine. Okay. Now that we've got all that crazy out of the way, Israel and Gaza. We're 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 now gonna we're now I I, I fear we're gonna we're gonna go full retard here. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, this is the biggie. Okay. China. It seems to come back to China and Russia a lot with my class. <laughs> China and Russia were fighting in Israel. And China was using Hamas and Russia was using Israel. And the U.S. was trying to be the peacemaker, apparently. Where did they get that? I don't know. <laughs> I really mean- don't. Russia was only in one news story out of this whole video. Right, about the Ukraine. And yet they have involved them in the great master plan regarding who ISIS needs to slaughter. They are submissive to ISIS in in, in their invasion of of, uh, of the Ukraine, according to this story. And, Dylan, i got to ask you two things. Okay, the first thing is, are you making any of this up? No. Really? Really, I swear. Dude, it is, seriously, are you making any of this up? No. Oh, I was really hoping that you did, because this would be fairly innovative from a comedic standpoint if you had made this up. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but in all fairness, it is pretty innovative from a comedic standpoint, even though it's true. Okay. Did did you get involved in these discussions? I tried a couple times. Okay. But my my brain it, it could not process. It's like do not compute, do not compute. I didn't get involved in a lot of these because I was still trying to figure out where they got that from. The only now to be fair, okay. there are mm-hmm. two or three or four kids in my class who were kind of rational in all this and challenged just about all of these. Uh, and and how, how many kids are in the class? Fifteen. Okay, so what you're telling me is that uh, about a third of the uh, two thirds of the class is irrational. Oh no, it's it's worse than that. 
it's it's worse than that because if it was uh, uh, sixty, okay, if you're talking about sixty six percent, right, then that would mean that you'd have to have. Well, let's see. You'd have to have six out of ten and three out of five. So you'd have to have nine of them um, actually on the side. In other words, you'd have to have six that were pushing back against it in order to have a third. Oh, so, well, no, 15. 15, five. it's five, right, okay. That's a third. Right, but what I'm saying is to have a greater than one-third pushing back, you'd need six, Okay. Sorry, I misspoke. But the thing is, one-third would be five. I mean, you're not counting yourself, are you? I am. Okay. So you and two other people. No, me and three other uh, – me and four other people. Oh, okay. So there was actually a one-third working against this. No. Oh, um, yes, kind of. Okay. One of them did jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> So 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 two out of three actually chose to argue against the aliens electing Republicans, the asteroids striking MH370. No, no, one out of three argued against it. Two out of three argued for it. <sighs> what is your what is your teacher doing during this time? Um, sitting at his desk with a with his palm over his face. Well, give him a little bit of credit, I guess. No, no, job no, well. At least being rational. A no bit. job. No job well done. These are the people that you've been teaching now for half a year. Uh, congrats. Oof. I think I think they came in broken. Yeah, but see, that's the thing is. Uh, I'm glad I didn't have history class last year. Oh my goodness, Dylan! You 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 make me worry even more about the tail end of the millennial generation. You, you really keep do. Asking, I I know I know, but don't ask if you don't want to know. But you see, I I I, I have this. See, don't ask, don't tell, let's ignore it, let's stick our heads in the sand. I don't do that. So I I like to know what's going on and wonder to myself because, you know, rationally, these are people that are only a couple of years away from being adults. And then you wonder why. Yeah, and then you wonder why the adult population is as it is. I mean, take a listen to what it is they're doing, you know, at nearly the zenith of their education, uh, you know, in the public schools. Look at what they're doing. This is their analysis of the events that are just, you know, first of all, the events themselves are kind of spurious as the real watershed events of the year. But, um, Let's just ignore that and say that that's a matter of opinion. Uh, but the, the the truly bizarre analysis of this stuff, it just – I, I, I can't shake my head enough. I, oh. I, it, it, it is – Try being in this class every day. You, you get to hear about it once a week. Yeah, but look, man, I could ignore crazy if I was immersed in it. I mean, I did. Believe me, I uh, there was weird things going on when, you know, uh, I mean, uh, okay. They don't teach you guys this anymore, but they were teaching us the structure of the Federal Reserve, right, when I was in school. 
They, okay. uh, we, they don't teach us. No. Yeah, they don't bother with that anymore. But they actually were teaching us the Federal Reserve and what it was that it came into existence. Of course, you know, totally on the side of this is a good thing. And, uh, you know, it was in response to the panic of uh, 1907 and, and so on and so forth, which, you know, is realistically part of what happened. But, but uh, of course, that was an engineered panic and that was an engineered run on banks and all that other good stuff. But, um, you know, putting that aside, this is part of the real history, uh, somewhat redacted, right? But when they were teaching us that, you know, there were people that uh, that asked questions that made me also shake my head and wonder, you know, how many times they had been dropped as infants uh, because, you know, uh, well, well, you know, blood banks work the same way. Right. You know, like like a blood bank is structured the same as this. And it was laid out as a pyramid, too, by the way. The, the actual graphs were laid out kind of in a suggestive way, and it all makes a whole lot of interesting sense uh, in retrospect. But, uh, but, yeah, they actually asked if a blood bank operated in the same way that the Federal Reserve Bank operates. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's not the worst thing I've heard, but that's not good. No, it's not good at all. It's not good at all. And meanwhile, you know, like I said, we were still being taught, you know, some of the realistic history, although in the school that I was in, uh, 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 the history books were kind of outdated. You know, uh, 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 Vietnam was the coming conflict. Uh, you know, so <laughs> we're, 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 we're looking at a strangeness there, you know, from uh, an underprivileged section. But uh, and people don't believe me when I say that. But I mean, you know, in, in my history book, in my class, uh, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. had not been assassinated yet. And, uh, and and mind you, I was in high school in the 80s going into the 90s. So, well, you could see that the tools were bad. You can see that the minds were not running right. But the outlandish theories of aliens coming down and changing elections were not part of the discussion. Uh, did anybody have a rational reason as to why the ETs would support the GOP exactly? No. No. You expected them to? Well, yeah, if you're going to be full of crap, you usually have some more crap to back it up. So, I, I you know, that's usually the way things work, but I guess it's just uh, expound upon it, and it the, sounds... The one, the one thing they said, which, take this how you will, I'm not sure if it's any good or not, but they said, um... The ETs want to conquer humanity. They believe the easiest way to do that is by using the Republican Party. <laughs> okay, the ETs want to want to the ETs want to conquer humanity uh, by use of the Republican Party. Apparently, I see. They could be good writers for before for CNN and before its news. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. ETs wanting to dominate humanity, a possibility. A possibility. That would explain the insanity among us. That would explain the inhumanity of, uh, of the elite culture. That would explain a lot. Now, use, yeah, see, here's where your problem comes in. Use of the, uh, you know, of the one side of the sock puppet equation, uh, here's where they missed the boat. If they had said that they were utilizing both the Republican and the Democratic uh, assets in order to, uh, in order I to keep us. 
I would have given them all the credit in the world if they had done that. Well, right, and 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 would say that uh, although I cannot prove that the ETs are actually doing this, I would say that it is a plausible possibility. Uh, you know, uh, although of course, like I like to point out, the absence of evidence is not. Not the evidence of absence. Right. So, uh... You taught me that a long time ago. I, I, I think that that is one of the funniest things I have ever heard out of a cartoon character's mouth. But so, it's also probably the most the most true. Well, yeah, but it's also, see, when you take it to its most ridiculous uh, conclusion, it makes it even funnier. You know, it basically means... That is simply because there is no evidence for something doesn't mean that it can't be there. And uh, simply because something can't be there doesn't mean that there's no evidence for it. It's just a, a, a loop of fallacy that uh, that keeps people occupied for a while and, uh, and, and seems to be profound coming out of the mouth of someone who's ignorant. So that's why I pointed out, of course, it was uh, a voice by Samuel L. Jackson most... Uh, most uh, oh. uh, prodigiously in uh, uh, the cartoon The Boondocks. Look, I don't care what people say. Samuel L. Jackson can narrate everything. Yeah, you know what? Sam I, Jackson and Morgan Freeman. Well, I don't know about Morgan Freeman, but I'll tell you what. I would definitely be on board with any sort of project about 9-11 or the New World Order. If we had Samuel L. Jackson to narrate, uh, I would I would definitely do that work for free because he would be somebody who would grab your attention. Uh, I really, really, really do uh, appreciate his, his vocal talents and his attitude as a human being always have. So look, Dylan, we're almost out of time. Have I tortured your listeners? I, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. Uh, you've definitely made the right side of my brain hurt. So what was the overall question you wanted to ask? Oh, the overall question really came down to, uh, you know, did did you did you try and correct any of this? Uh, you know, did you try and interject some sort of sanity into the discussion? Well, I got called a Russian sympathizer, an ET. I got called a bunch of stuff. So you're a Russian sympathizing alien. Apparently. Cool. Good to meet you. Uh, you know. Hey. I, hey. I don't know. I don't get it. Well, I'm really speechless. And I'll tell you what. We're going to have some more interesting discussions coming up this week on my show. Uh, Thursday night. Thursday night I'll have a, a survivor from the Jonestown mass casualty event, as I am starting to call it. Although it's the uh, Jonestown massacre or mass suicide, depending on whose story you listen to, I lean toward the massacre side of the equation. Uh, on Saturday I'll have Jim DiEugenio, and uh, we'll be talking about Charles Manson. So, we're going to go into a couple of interesting topics and have some interesting authors coming up as well um, in February. Mm-hmm. I mentioned H.P. Alberelli. A couple of other broadcasters uh, uh, are going to come on that uh, you might not expect on my show. Uh, a few people I'm going to hold back as a surprise. And uh, so, we shall have a good time. Well, Dylan, I hope, I, you hope you inject, I hope you inject some sanity into this. I'm going to try. I am going to try, and I, I hope that uh, that you, 
uh, will will somehow take the reins of the intellectually damaged there in that classroom. I and, think uh, if I tried, I would fail. I don't think so. I, I think that if you, you know what, say something completely uh, berserk crazy to get their attention and then go from there and I think you'll do just fine because uh, that seems to be what works for them is the most bizarre possibility brought forward first and there you go and that's my that's my strategic uh, uh, suggestion for you in that in that particular setting and then don't add any sanity to it at all or you'll be called an ET well no 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 you see you say the crazy thing and then you work backwards from it and then maybe you'll be okay I don't know that's my best guess at any rate. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, and, uh, you know, stay tuned to UCY.TV radio. There's been some shuffles around of different uh, uh, programs. I think tonight I'm being followed by Primer Time. Uh, and uh, do appreciate those guys. I haven't gotten a chance to listen to them lately, but always enjoyable. Um, and, of course, the uh, great deal of other programming on UCY.TV radio. Of course... Yeah. Hey, Chuck, are yeah. you hearing that music, or is it just me? It's just you right now. Okay, I'm hearing random music, and I don't have my browser open. Well, I am vaguely hearing it. It sounds uh, like a, an acoustic guitar. Yeah, it does. Hey, Google, get out of my computer. Yeah, that would be nice, huh? NSA, at least play some music I want to hear. Okay. Ay, ay, ay. Anyway... Uh. Good way to end the show. Absolutely. Dylan Wade, thank you once again. And, uh, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, I'm sorry if I made you lose hope in humanity. It's it's not a problem, Dylan. Everybody have a good night.